Welcome back to the Joke Show here on the Dion Family Network, episode 20. We've got NFL Week 6, ALCS, NLCS wrapping up in World Series starting tonight, Tuesday night. Uh, start with the NFL, then we'll go over the World Series. Nothing really going on and NBA, NHL-wise, couple hiring, stuff like that. Still waiting for free agency to... To even find out when that is, the NHL season looks like it starts January 1st, but still still up in the air. We don't know where the world's going to be by then. But let's talk about what we can. NFL Week 6, <clears throat> no, uh, no Thursday night game. And again, the NFL doesn't understand how to schedule because they put uh, 2, 4, 6, 8, nine, 9 games in the early window. Two games at 4 o'clock, obviously the Sunday nighter, and then two Monday night games. Obviously, we've got teams with buys, but I think just just a little more balance, just so it's not nine games on at once and then two, and if they both go to halftime at the same time, then you have just nothing on. Obviously, you can go back through the day, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm just nitpicking, but to me, that's frustrating for sure. Let's start. First up, I think... One of the one of the bigger upsets of the day, the Atlanta Falcons take down Minnesota forty to twenty three. Matt Ryan three hundred and seventy one yards passing, four touchdowns. Kirk Cousins rough day, still three hundred forty three yards passing, three touchdowns, also three interceptions. Julio Jones made his return, eight receptions, hundred thirty seven yards, two touchdowns. Looked he just looked like Julio Jones. And I mean, for for Minnesota, one and five now. Atlanta now at one and five. For Minnesota, I think that almost takes them out of the race. They have to go. They have to beat Green Bay now. They have to beat Chicago. They must have. Um, let's see if they've already played Chicago. And because that's the team you're really gonna have to chase. You're one and five. I think the uh, the Lions are one and four. So yeah, no no bear uh, no Bears game yet. Uh, uh, at Green Bay this week, home for Detroit at Chicago. So these next three games are really going to show where this Minnesota season is going. I only say that just because the Atlanta season, they're 1-5. and five. They already fired their coach. <clears throat> There's rumors going around the league now that they might try to trade Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, just a full, complete rebuild. Matt Ryan, I guess maybe you could trade it. You trade him if you can, but I mean, aside from that, I wouldn't. I don't. Why would you trade Julio Jones? Whoever you bring in as the next quarterback, because there's gonna be someone. If it's not well, obviously, if it's not Matt Ryan. You're gonna bring in someone beyond Matt Schaub. Oh, I'm pretty sure he's still their backup. He might not be, but they're gonna bring in someone else. Why wouldn't you want to give them the best weapons possible? You're gonna get something from Matt Ryan. Obviously, you could probably get multiple first-round picks for Julio Jones, but as long as they don't do what the Texans did with DeAndre Hopkins, it should be fine. Next up, Chicago Bears go into Carolina, take down the Panthers, 23-16. Nick Foles, not an, not an outstanding game. Teddy Bridgewater, kind of worse. Didn't throw a touchdown, two interceptions. Not much, just kind of... Uh, slow game all around. I know 23-16 isn't the lowest scoring game, but 
if you look at rushing leaders, Monk, David Montgomery, 19 carries, 58 yards. Mike Davis on the other side for the Panthers, 18 carries, 52 yards, and a touchdown. Allen Robinson, five receptions, 53 yards. Yeah, uh, and then DJ Moore, five receptions for 93 yards. But for the Panthers, they had a chance in the fourth quarter. Just couldn't, just couldn't score. Just couldn't punch it in when they had the chance. And the Bears now move to five and one, second in the division. Panthers three and three. To me, the Panthers are one of the most fun teams so far this year. Just I don't think anybody expected this. I did get snake bitten by betting on them. For the Bears, they're five and one. I don't think anybody really expects it, but for them, who really cares? Just keep going with it while you can. Next up, the Indianapolis Colts take down the Cincinnati Bengals 31-27. The Bengals should really be ashamed. Not ashamed, but come on. They were up 21-0 early in the second quarter. Colts answer with a touchdown. Randy Bullock field goal. And then one more field goal in the third quarter. And beyond that, it's uh, three Colts touchdowns. And a field goal surrounding it. The Colts score 21 in the second quarter, get shut out in the third quarter, and score 10 in the fourth to get the win. For Burrow, 313 yards passing with an interception. Joe Mixon with a touchdown. Uh, Joe Burrow also ran in for a touchdown. Uh, for Phillip Rivers, three, seven, 371 yards, three touchdowns, and interception. I really thought Rivers is what's holding this Colts team back, and I think once they face good teams, he will. But for now, just keep keep with them while you can. That's definitely the Colts are definitely a team they are, should be looking for a quarterback of the future in this upcoming draft. Next up, the Pittsburgh Steelers absolutely dismantle the Cleveland Browns, thirty-eight to seven. The final score, one. One touchdown for the Browns. Rashard Higgins, 13-yard pass from Baker Mayfield. Beyond that, it's Baker Mayfield pick six. Threw two interceptions. Threw for 119 yards and obviously that one touchdown. Big Ben, not a crazy game either. 162 yards with a touchdown. James Conner, 20 carries, 101 yards and a touchdown. This is just uh, Chase Claypool with a run. It's just all run plays I guess Chase Claypool runs one in Benny Snell Jr. runs one in uh, James Washington catches the only touchdown but then the Steelers just I know they scored in the fourth but after that first half they could kind of they let off the gas they didn't they didn't need to and this is my favorite part of uh, the Baker Mayfield cycle which is um, oh, what's the full the full cycle is something along the lines of uh, play horrible uh call out the doubters, win a game. I don't even know if it's played good. And then call out the haters for thinking he's bad. So now we're in the, the haters are right, actually, is the phase we're in right now. He didn't play good. And he said he had, a I think, a rib injury. He said it didn't affect him, but they brought in Case Keenum, not because he's going to take over the starting job, but just to, just to save face with Baker. It's what... San Francisco did it last week with Jimmy Garoppolo. It's not something to freak out about, but Cleveland, four and two, they come back down to earth. Pittsburgh, five and zero, go to Tennessee this week, 
it's a big matchup, especially that Tennessee does have a major injury. We'll get to that once once we get to the Tennessee game. Next up, Denver. They take down the New England Patriots. I I don't know why, but I was one of the people that fell fell for the Patriots this week, thinking that, well, it's Bill Belichick. They didn't practice. Who cares? But I think we need to start looking at the Patriots differently. This isn't the Brady-Belichick team anymore. This is a pretty, not even undisciplined team, but just it's not the same team. It's not the same consistency. Cam Newton, uh 157 yards, two interceptions. Drew Locke, 189 yards, two two interceptions. Cam Newton was the Patriots' leading rusher. 10 carries, 76 yards, and a touchdown. I think the only touchdown of the game. Uh, yep, Cam Newton run, only touchdown. Brandon McManus scores all the points for the Broncos. He kicks, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six. Six field goals. Well, 18, yeah. Um, Philip Lindsay, pretty good game. Melvin Gordon, after complaining last week about them canceling the game, actually got arrested for a DUI and did not play this week. But I think they said because of illness. Don't know how much we're believing that. 23 carries, 101 yards for Lindsay. And then Tim Patrick, four receptions, 101 yards. And the Patriots' leading receiver, James White, eight receptions for 65 yards. Patriots are two and three now. They actually are now behind the Miami Dolphins, and I still like them as a playoff team. I think they just they're going to get a full week of practice, hopefully now, and that should make a difference come next week. Next up, Detroit Lions. They didn't blow this one. They take down the Jacksonville Jaguars, thirty-four sixteen. A quarterback. Duel is what we kind of have to call this one. I know the Lions double just a little bit more doubled up the Jags, but Matt Stafford, 223 yards, a touchdown and an interception. Gardner Minshew, 243 yards, one passing touchdown, one rushing touchdown, and an interception. For for the Lions, it's it's been the running back by committee. This was the DeAndre Swift. 14 carries, 116 yards, and two touchdowns. Jerome Robinson, a little less impressive. Obviously, the Lions went up early, so the Jags had to throw the ball. Robinson, 12 carries, 29 yards. Kenny Galladay had a big day for the Lions. Four receptions, 105 yards. And then Keelan Cole on the other side, six receptions and 143 yards. It's, it's impressive, to say the least. Uh, James Robinson actually... Oh, wait, is it James Robinson? Yeah, James Robinson. I said Jerome Robinson. Uh, I don't know where that name came from. James Robinson actually caught the one touchdown from Gardner Minshew. Failed two-point conversion. Lions hold on to win. They're two and three. Not really in the playoff hunt. Neither are the Jags. It's kind of a, a lowly game. But it was actually it was actually pretty exciting considering the score. Next up, the coronavirus Titans. They take down the Houston Texans, 42-36 to 36 in overtime. I think we have to give credit to everybody else before we talk about the main story of this game. Deshaun Watson, he willed this team. He almost brought them back. Didn't score in the first quarter. Scored over 10 points in the next three quarters, forcing overtime. He threw for 335 yards and four touchdowns. 
while Ryan Tannehill answered with 364 yards, four touchdowns, also through an interception. Receiving-wise, Will Fuller, six receptions, 123 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, I don't know what. Anthony Fisker, 113 yards and a touchdown receiving. Uh, for Watson, I mean, how can you... How can you really... No, I mean, you can't blame him for this. Also, Randall Cobb and Brandon Cooks both got touchdowns. Pretty pretty good for Houston to have this kind of performance all around, and it's really just Deshaun Watson trying to will this team. But the real story of this game has to be Derrick Henry's 22 carries, 212 yards, and two touchdowns. Every time he has a big game like this, it's always... We always... Or, I always think back to his high school stats, and if you ever have a chance, get bored, go look those up because I can't. I it's just I can't even guess off the top of my head how much, but it's just his averages, just his game highs, his touchdowns, just everything. I think he must hold so many records in just high school, not even in state, just high school altogether. Uh, I mean, the real story of this one, again, he shot, saw it in Deshaun Watson's face. The Titans win the toss. Deshaun Watson throws his arms, throws his head up. Usually I don't like that kind of like reaction, but it is an example of why the NFL overtime is horrible. It's the worst thing ever. We need to change it. We need to change it yesterday because the Titans got the ball and you knew. You knew what they were going to do. They had a six-play drive. It was 82 yards ended with a Derrick Henry wildcat five-yard touchdown run, and you knew the game was over because they had Derrick Henry. I get maybe for the regular season this makes sense, but in the playoffs, you really just both teams should get a possession, especially in the playoffs. In the regular season, I get it. I think they should still change it in some way, but just why wouldn't both teams, both offenses, get a chance to have the ball? I don't understand how that is possibly fair. I could talk for another 20 minutes about that, but let's let's move on. The New York football giants get their first one of the year. They take down the Washington football team. 20-19, uh, to 19, this is another one I bet on, and I was very happy. The Giants were two-and-a-half-point favorites, I think, by the time of kickoff. Uh, Washington scores the late touchdown, failed two-point conversion. Still, Giants take it 20-19. to 19. Daniel Jones, 112 yards passing, a touchdown and an interception. Nothing crazy. Kyle, Kyle Allen had to throw the ball most of the game. 280 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. I don't think we should really freak out about that. I think Daniel Jones's seven carries for 74 yards as the leading rusher is funny, especially that one like majority of those yards were on one play in which uh, Daniel Jones faked out the cameraman, and he... Uh, I can't remember how long the run was, but it was significant enough where the cameraman was still in the backfield, and Daniel Jones was 15, 20 yards upfield. Uh, Darius Slayton, again, kind of picking up the slack for this Giants offense. Two receptions, 41 yards, and a touchdown. Terry McLaurin, seven receptions, 74 yards. This Washington team isn't good. They need a quarterback. I, I thought it was Haskins doesn't really look like they're they're feeling that way so that's another team they have a good defense they kind of have all the pieces they just need 
a good quarterback because this, this team isn't good enough to just have an average game manager quarterback, which is what Haskins is. It's what Alex Smith is. It's what's it's what Kyle Allen is. Kyle Allen just had big numbers, but you can't read too much into that. Next up, Baltimore. They survive barely. They barely survived the Eagles, thirty to twenty-eight. During the first, this is one of the ones I hadn't really looked at the scoreboard yet. I mean, Lamar Jackson, one hundred and eighty-six yards passing, one hundred and eight yards rushing, two touchdowns, one passing, one rushing. But I mean, that first first half, the Ravens coming out, come out of it up seventeen nothing. Eagles they trade touchdowns in the third quarter, and then the fourth two Justin Tucker field goals are the reason why the Ravens even win. The Eagles kind of they had a chance. They missed a two point conversion. They actually got one earlier earlier in the fourth quarter missed the one 155 left it sucks but i mean the eagles are proving that they're in these games and that they're going to be in the playoff hunt at least because of the horrific nsc east all right next up we got the new york jets take down the miami dolphin or that's hilarious that that would have happened Miami Dolphins take down the New York Jets. 24-0. The Jets just, I mean, Joe Flacco, 186 yards and an interception. Ryan Fitzpatrick, not really that much better. 191 yards, two interceptions, did throw three touchdowns, so we got we to gotta give them that. The real story that comes out of this game, because these teams, I guess, are, are the Dolphins are going to be in the playoff hunt, we assume, but now they... Uh, Tua Tagovailoa comes in for Fitzpatrick during the game. I don't. I think he came in in the fourth quarter, kind of garbage time, just an NFL debut. There was a great picture after the game. Everybody was off the field. Tua went back onto the field, just kind of sitting, just kind of sitting, soaking in that moment. I thought that was really good. He said he FaceTimed his parents. It's. It was it was really nice to see. And now we found out today, Tua is now going to be the starter for the Dolphins. I. I get it because you're three and three. You have a bye week. You have enough time to let them prepare. It's also because Ryan Fitzpatrick is—he's a great mentor. Every time he comes off the field and they show the sidelines, he's—he's he's showing him like Fitzpatrick is showing Tua what he did, maybe what he did wrong. He just—he knows—he knows what he's doing as a veteran. I—I I, I just I applaud them for that. I thought Fitzpatrick. I know. I just said he didn't have a great game. I thought he was playing fine. I mean, he brought them to three and three. I guess you really, you want to see what you have in Tua. Clearly, is fully healthy. I think this is going to be a fun Dolphins team. And now, I said I wanted it at one point. I think it was the Thursday night game when it was Jacksonville Miami. Now it is Tua time, and we're probably going to get Tua versus Joe Burrow, assuming they both stay healthy. Which, that's fun in itself. Next up. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers absolutely dismantled the Green Bay Packers, 38-10. to Green Bay gets a field goal and an Aaron Jones touchdown in the first quarter. And then the Buccaneers score four touchdowns in the second quarter, including an interception return. Ronald Jones, two-yard run. Tyler Johnson, 
reception or receiving touchdown and a Rob Gronkowski receiving touchdown, which I don't think we were really expecting for Aaron Rodgers, really just pedestrian day, 160 yards and two interceptions. I say that pedestrian than Brady, 166 yards, so six yards more passing, also through two touchdowns. Ronald Jones, really the star of this game, 23 carries, 113 yards and two touchdowns. Can't. I mean, they have so many weapons that every week could be someone different. Like, you don't see Mike Evans, you don't see Chris Godwin. Rob Gonkowski's their leading receiver, five receptions, 78 yards and a touchdown. Devontae Adams back in this one, six receptions, 61 yards. For the Packers, it's don't panic. This is a good team, and I think everybody was waiting for them to slip up. I I said I would pick the Packers until they give me a reason not to. That did cause doubt, but I think in for the most part, this was just a bad, fluky game for them. For Tampa Bay, this is full credit to them. They played amazing. So Next up. Sunday night game, the LA Rams. They looked they looked like everyone's sweetheart. They they lose to the 49ers 24-16. Jared Goff, 198 yards, two touchdowns and interception. Really what what can he do? Jerry, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, 268 yards and three touchdowns. The the Niners just kind of held control for most of the game, scored two touchdowns. Score three touchdowns in the first half. Rams have one. Rams field goal. 49ers field goal. Rams touchdown late. Rams can't complete the comeback. Rams are four and two. Niners are three and three. And the Niners are right back in this race. I know a lot of people counted them out. I'm, I am one of them. But the Niners are a good team. And we have three good teams. Like, even saying the card, like, we're going to get to the Cardinals in a second. But all these teams are good. All these teams in the NFC West are good. Like you wish all of them could make the playoffs, but one of them is going to get screwed. I have a feeling it's actually going to be the Cardinals. I mean the Niners too, but I think the Rams and Seahawks are more of the safe bets at this point. I think the 49ers can absolutely pick it up. This is a team that was in the Super Bowl last year, the Niners and Rams the year before that. So I don't think... I don't think doubt, doubting the Rams because of this loss, I just I just can't really get behind. Next up, Monday, the doubleheader. The Chiefs take down the Bills. The big arm contest. Patrick Mahomes takes it. Takes it. Uh, 225 yards passing, two touchdowns. Josh Allen, pedestrian, pretty. He, he said it himself. I wasn't good enough, and that's full responsibility. He's had a great year, and it's interesting it's going to be interesting to see how buffalo responds to this they had the tuesday night lost tennessee lost to kansas city again two of the best teams in the afc how do they respond baltimore has responded to their loss to kansas city in all the right ways it's interesting to see if this bills team's gonna respond uh clyde edwards alaire kind of had a quiet not quite he had a good week one and then kind of has tailed off a little bit has an incredible 26 carries 161 yards it's funny that josh allen also the bills leading rusher eight carries 42 yards stefan diggs it's good to see him and josh allen still connecting six receptions 46 yards and a touchdown it's hard this chiefs team is just so good that who who's really going to beat them 
at this rate. I know they lost to the Raiders, but not even a fluky game. That's a division game that they lost, so it's kind of hard to hold that against them. Next up, the second half of Monday night looks closer than it actually felt. Cowboys, four turnovers. They lose to the Cardinals, 38-10. to And, I mean, Kyler Murray, 188 yards passing for two touchdowns. Christian Kirk, two receptions, 86 yards and, a tu- and two touchdowns. Kind of says says a lot of six-yard touchdown pass and then an 80-yard touchdown pass. It's kind of ridiculous. The Cowboys were never in this game. Andy Dalton, 266 yards, but that's just because they were behind the whole game. Zeke, 12 carries, 49 yards. Two, I think he had two fumbles in the first half. Amari Cooper, seven seven receptions, seventy nine yards and a touchdown. This this wasn't really a close game at any point. Again, for the Cowboys, this isn't time to panic. Just let Andy Dalton get used to the system. He's got good weapons. He's a game manager. He's not Dak Prescott, who still leads the NFL in passing yards, which is hilarious. But for the Cowboys, don't panic. They still hilariously lead the division at two and four and for the Cardinals now at four and two they're right back into the thick of that division race and in the playoff hunt I know it's early to be talking about this but for the Cardinals it's something they can't really have said for a few years now since Carson Palmer so that's it for the NFL uh uh Friday night Saturday morning Saturday morning will be NFL week seven preview and recap of the Thursday night game Thursday night game this week not looking too great New York Giants are visiting the Philadelphia Eagles Eagles are favored by three and a half I think just looking at that I don't know how you wouldn't take the Eagles they just they're always bound for a letdown but we'll see what happens closer to game time all right uh now over to the MLB we have the NL or the AL and NLCS are over, but where we left off was Game Six. The NLCS, the Dodgers take it three-one. First inning, Corey Seager, Justin Turner hit home runs off Max Fried. Fried still goes six and two-thirds. Not a not a bad job by any sense. Also, Cody Bellinger. Singles to score Max Muncy. All the Dodgers scoring is in the first inning. And then Ronald Acuna doubles in the seventh. Gets the Braves on the board. They don't really get close. Walker Bueller goes six innings. Blake Trennan, Pedro Baez, and Kenley Jansen comes in for the save. Dodgers force a game seven. It's kind of a battle of who who's going to choke. The Dodgers who do it, what feels like every year in the playoffs, or just the city of Atlanta. We got a game seven, but start with the first game seven, the Tampa Bay Rays advance to the World Series. <clears throat> they take down the Houston Astros, 4-2. Charlie Morton getting the win, five and two-thirds innings, six strikeouts, one walk. Lance McCullers, three and two-thirds, three earned runs, seven strikeouts and a walk, gets the loss. Peter Fairbanks comes in for the save. For the Rays, they're... The MVP of this series is no doubt the man who gave them the lead. Didn't get the win, but didn't get the winning run. But Randy Rosarena in the first inning, 
two-run shot. Mike Zanino hits a home run in the third, or in the second. And then Mike Zanino hits a sack fly, scores G-Man Choi. They're up 4 nothing. Majority of the game, they're kind of cruising. They really only go Char- Charlie Morton to Nick Anderson, who throws two innings, and then Peter Fairbanks comes in for the save. Carlos Correa singles in two, Altuve and Aledmus Diaz, 4-2. But again, the Astros pitching woes catch up to them. They kind of piece together this game. And the Rays advance the World Series. This this team, we're going to get to them once we finish the NLCS. But this Rays team, Randy Rosarena, again, is named the ALCS MVP. No shock there. He's really been their best player. And I'm excited to see what this Rays team does in the World Series. Finally, Game 7, NLCS. Who Who is going to take it? Uh, first, first two innings. Uh, Marcelo Zuna singles in to score in Ronald Acuna. Dansby Swanson hits a home run in the second. Will Smith answers with a, sing- with a single to score. Justin Turner and Max Muncy ties the game up at two. Austin Riley singles home. Ozzy Albies braves up 3-2. Kike Hernandez hits a home run in the sixth to tie up the game. And Cody Bellinger, no doubt home run in the seventh. And the Braves win 4-3. Brave or the Braves. The Dodgers win four three. They win the series four three. Pitching in this game, I feel I feel bad. Ian Anderson has had a he's had a really good playoffs. He throws three innings in this one, and then this is the Braves just kind of piece it together. Matt Zek comes in, Shane Green, AJ Minter, uh Martin, I don't know. I don't want to say. Oh, it is Chris Martin. Chris Martin, Mark Melanson. They pieced together eight innings. And for the first time, we have to give Dave Roberts credit for this. He actually he pieced this game together, but it worked. Dustin May throws the first inning. I thought they took him out too early. Tony Goslin comes in, throws two innings. Blake Trennan throws two innings. Uh, Gratterall comes in, throws the inning, and then. The best, the best move he made, Julio Arias throws the last three innings. He doesn't even record a strikeout. They throw four strikeouts in the whole game. He still throws three innings. Gets the win. The Dodgers are going to the World Series for the third time in this era. It doesn't really feel like enough, but Rays Dodgers, it's our World Series, and it's going to be a great chess match. So tonight, game one. Uh, Wednesday game two, Friday game three, so they get a day off between games two and three. Uh, so game three, Friday, game four, Saturday, and obviously from there it's if necessary. Necessary. Um, game five would be Sunday. Game six Tuesday. Game seven Wednesday. So a couple of days off in between, which has really not been like the MLB to do. At least in these playoffs, it's. I mean, I get it. You're in a bubble, but I just I don't like playing every day because then it just becomes not just. I mean, it is always going to be a bullpen game. But think about the Washington Nationals last year. Patrick Corbin, Max Scherzer, and Steven Strasburg felt like they were throwing every game, and you just can't really do that in these playoffs. If you look at experts, you look at numbers. They're all saying the Dodgers. The Dodgers, apparently from ESPN's Bradford Doolittle, 
the Dodgers have a 69.8% chance of winning the World Series. But let's start with how these teams got here. The Rays went 40-20 and 20 during the season. They were led by their pitching. I mean, Blake Snell, Charlie Morton, Tyler Glass now. Brendan Lau was one of the only really like standout hitters during the regular season. Obviously Randy Rosarena stepped up for stepped up since. Actually the whole lineup and that's that's the thing about the Rays. Whatever they do with their lineup, it just kinda makes sense. There's no there's no real hierarchy. It's just whatever Kevin Cash wants for that game. Even if they're coming off a win. If you want to make some changes, it's just anybody can hit anywhere. And it's really the advantage that the Rays have. So the Rays beat the Blue Jays in the wild card series. They beat the Yankees in the divisional series. And then obviously they beat the Astros in the ALCS. I think everybody was really cheering for that one. Um, the Dodgers, again, they acquired Mookie Betts before the season. They were the World Series favorites. They went 43-17 and 17 during the season. So again, not that big of a gap between these two teams just record-wise. Uh, the Dodgers did have a plus 136 run differential during the season. Doesn't really matter now. They beat the Milwaukee Brewers in the wild card series. They took down the Padres in the division series. Also, at that point, undefeated. And then the Braves took them to seven. Um, if you really want to look at why each team would win, it's pretty the Rays it's going to be their pitching it's even you look at their starters Tyler Glass now starting game one Blake Snell game two you have to assume Charlie Morton game three and then they can have an opener for a game because their bullpen's pretty deep and then just those three guys I mean if you look at their their depth chart it's Blake Snell's first then Charlie Morton then Tyler Glass now then Ryan Yarbrough who can who can throw and Yanni Chirinos is listed as their fifth starter who's on the 60-day injured list so that's really that's how the Rays are going to do this it's their pitching staff rested it's their rotation and I mean it's their it's really it, it looks like it's only pitching but once I once we talk about why the Dodgers will win it's again pretty simple I want to go through their depth charts and why and if you look at them, it's a huge reason why both of them got to where they are. For the Dodgers, it's their offense. So again, it's a great defense versus a great offense. The Dodgers, again, you go up and down that lineup. They could hit anywhere. Cody Bellinger has been hitting like sixth in this lineup, which is great because like it's it's a good show of who needs an ego, which both of these teams have put away their ego. Um. I mean, and obviously, really the big one. So Clayton Kershaw is going to start game one. You assume Walker Bueller. Uh, uh, maybe not. Maybe Bueller pitches game three. But again, they have they have the pitching. According to ESPN, they have the better bullpen. I don't really agree. I like the rotation, though. Obviously, Kershaw, Walker Bueller, Julio Arias, who just brought them to this point, Tony Gosselin, Dustin May. You go to their bullpen, they really haven't had to use their bullpen that much, except maybe in blowouts. Pedro Baez, Joe Kelly, Jake McGee, Adam Kolarik, Victor Gonzalez, uh, Brewster, uh, Brewster, Gratterall, 
Blake Trennan, Kenley Jansen, who I think has got to be the scariest person for the Dodgers. I know he was dominant before, but he's just he's not the same. And then looking at the Rays, so they have the four starters. Then they have John Curtis, Ryan Thompson, Aaron Loop, Shane McClanahan, Josh Fleming, Peter Fairbanks, Nick Anderson, Diego Castillo. And it really doesn't matter when any of those guys come into pitch. Diego Castillo's been throwing like fifth, sixth, seventh innings. It doesn't. He's listed others as their closer, but he'll come in in any situation. That's a big part of the egos. We're not. This isn't an ego-driven. These aren't ego-driven teams. But let's look at their let's look at their depth charts because the reason why they're both here is depth. It's just as simple as that for the Dodgers behind the plate you can cut you can mix it up it's Will Smith or it's Austin Barnes Will Smith's a better hitter Austin Barnes better defender so you kind of get to choose on a night-to-night basis who you want for the Rays it's pretty solid Mike Zanino is going to be their starter unless something unfortunate happens he's not really their best hitter, but he does seem to come up in big moments in these playoffs, which I think, besides Rosarena, is pretty. It's on. It, I was gonna say true. It is true, but uh, let's look at the infields. So the Dodgers, Max Muncy is gonna be their first baseman. Second base is kind of second and third. Honestly, are kind of interchangeable guys. And second, it's Chris Taylor. He could also play the outfield if you need him. So can Kike Hernandez. At third base, Justin Turner. But at one point during the series, they let him DH, and Edwin Rios came in. He did a fine job. Their shortstop, Corey Seager, who actually I didn't say Corey Seager was named the NLCS MVP. Well-deserved, especially for a guy that I think a lot of people were counting out. And he was a top prospect for a reason. Uh, Speaking of top prospects, actually, apparently uh, Wander Franco, who is uh, one of the Rays' top prospects, was posting that he had a World Series jersey. He hasn't played in these playoffs at all. Maybe it's just just a thought to put him in. He is still 19, which is a little terrifying. But, I mean, in this year, why not? If even just you start him and then you bring in Willie Adamas later, it's not a bad move. Uh, the Rays infield, G-Man Choi uh, at first. Michael Brasso could come in. He was in there at one point. Uh, so could uh, Yoshitomo Satsugo. Uh, he's more of a DH, but he can come in there if need be. Even Yandi Diaz, who we haven't really seen much at second and third, pretty solid. Brandon Lau and Joey Wendell again, they kind of all back each other up, but Lau and Wendell is pretty solid. Willie Domas has been their shortstop again. Wander Franco is a shortstop, but. I can't imagine they're maybe they're bringing him in as a pinch runner, but I can't imagine he's going to be starting World Series games. In the outfield, it's it's pretty stacked. I mean, they still have a DH spot you can fill with Sasugo, G-Man Choi, Yandy Diaz from the infield, and they have legitimately five outfielders that they can play. So they have it listed as Randy Rosarena in left field, Kevin Kiermeyer in center and Manuel Margot and right. That leaves Hunter Renfro and Austin Meadows, who's listed as the DH. So again, 
for the Rays, I think they have the advantage of just they can mix guys around. And in this lineup, you could literally you could set it up as Zanino, Choi, Lau, Wendell, Adamas, Arozarena, Kiermaier, Margot, Meadows. You can't. There's so much adaptability to this lineup that every night it could be different, even if they're winning. They just nobody's. There's no true leadoff hitter. Arozarena could be called your slugger, but he doesn't need to hit fourth. It's just mo- it's modern baseball, and it's a team that honestly I don't really think even needs the DH. But the fact that they get it is even bigger luxury. So I mean, for the series as a whole, I think I kind of. Oh wait, sorry, I actually didn't go through the Dodgers outfield. Um, they have Jock Peterson in left. Chris Taylor can also play there. So can Enrique, Enrique Hernandez. The two solid ones are Cody Bellinger in center, Mookie Betts in right. Two of the best outfielders, although. I think we do have to monitor, monitor uh, Bellinger after his home run in the seventh. He uh, jumped and shoulder bumped. I can't remember who it was with, but came down wincing. He was in the outfield, and it looked like he was talking to a trainer. And I don't know if this is exactly what he said, but it looked like he was motioning that his shoulder had popped out, which is hor- horrific. And, I mean, if that's the reason why he can't play in the World Series, it's really disappointing, but also kind of poetic justice that it's the seventh inning I know you just hit a big home run and it ended up being the winning run but it just if that's the reason you can't play it just feels a little selfish on the DH spot they have AJ Pollock again this team you don't really know where anyone to me Jock Peterson is really the best DH option because you don't really want him in the outfield and then that calls in could AJ Pollock play left Max Taylor Chris Taylor Kike Hernandez they kind of they have enough guys to fill that spot Justin Turner could DH and Edwin Rios could could be the third baseman it just it depends on the night and I I think in the in the ultimate decision for me I think the Rays win this series but I think it's because I trust their pitching more not even because of Kershaw and his playoff woes whatever you want to call it I just think Kevin Cash is the better manager and he makes the better decisions than Dave Roberts. Dave Roberts is doing it right this year, but I think he's going to lose this chess match. And I think the Rays, I think they win this series. I think they win it in six. I, that's just, that's where my, when I thought of this series, I think Rays in six. I think they have been the best team in this play in these playoffs. And it sucks to say that as a Yankees fan, but they really were. The Yankees didn't deserve to win that series. And, but these are, the, to me, the two best teams in baseball. And we are going to get the best World Series possible. So, come Friday. Actually, not even going to call it Friday. So, Saturday, we'll have three games of the World Series to talk about. Have NFL Week 7. It's already it's already Week 7. It's Football goes too fast. And, uh, and if any major NBA, NHL news comes out. Uh... Besides that, you can follow our Instagram, Dion Family Network. We post all the episodes up there. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor is where we post them. You can listen to them anywhere you get your podcasts. You can find my blog and write about the World Series, NFL, and I guess other news as it happens. Uh, Jack-Dion99.blogspot.com. And uh, besides that, we'll see you next time.